The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon and welcome to One Hour at a Time. Recovery begins with education and host Mary Woods is here to educate individuals and families and provide support through the recovery process. Now, here's your host, Mary Woods. Hello, Mary, everyone. This is Eileen Fiore. I'm sitting in for Mary Woods for One Hour at a Time. And today we have a very interesting topic, and um, the director and producer of a movie um, entitled Marijuana X, a documentary on um, the current state of the use of marijuana in um, our country, and I guess to some degree um, the desensitization that we have developed over some of the risks that marijuana uh, presents to us in our society. Michael DeLeon is our guest today. He um, has done an enormous amount of work with adolescents and are um, in his work and on his website. So, Michael, welcome. And um, maybe you could give us a little bit of background on what led you to developing this film. Sure. Uh, thank you so much for having me back on the show. I appreciate it. Uh, last time I think I was on um, talking about the second documentary I did, An American Epidemic. And while I was filming that, traveling around the country, talking to people who lost family members uh, that were in recovery from heroin addiction, opiate addiction. Uh, I met so many people that uh, were affected by our epidemic, and I spent a lot of time in Colorado. Uh, Colorado had just legalized marijuana for commercial uh, sale. Uh, a lot of people say recreational purposes, but that's kind of silly, but they, they legalized it for commercial and retail sale. And I was interviewing parents in Boulder and in Colorado Springs who'd lost their children. And, uh, you know, we just, more and more people started telling me it started with marijuana. It started with marijuana. The gateway argument is such a divisive issue. I decided to kind of see what was happening in Colorado with legalization. And I was in Boulder, Colorado. I was walking down Main Street and I stumbled right on top of a dispensary right on Main Street at street level. And I just went in to see what was happening. And, you know, I thought I couldn't be shocked. I was shocked. And I started visiting dispensaries. I started seeing what was going on. I started doing some research. And I started to realize that it's not marijuana anymore. Uh, We've commercialized. We've genetically modified. It's industrialized. So I decided to tell the truth about it. My original intention was just to put a little... 15-minute piece together for schools and parents and the educators, but it's turned into a huge project. It's my biggest, um, my biggest film so far. That's incredible. Um, so, so Michael, could you describe a little when you say I didn't think I could be shocked anymore, and yet 
you were. So could you describe for our listeners a little bit of what that experience was? Sure. Now, at the time, you know, I didn't um, understand how genetically modified marijuana had become. Uh, now, look, you know, with all my research, I understand now. In 1960, the DEA started testing THC levels in marijuana. So we can see for 51 years, from 1960 to 2011, we can see how marijuana THC content, THC is the psychedelic ingredient inside of marijuana that gets people high, THC or tetrahydrocannabinoid, that the levels of THC in flower marijuana, uh, indica or sativa, went from 1% to somewhere around 12%. The highest marijuana retail sold in the country was around 12, and the highest marijuana THC content that's ever been studied is 16%. So in 2011, the Cannabis Cup, the competition in Colorado um, competing marijuana strains, was 16%. So that was the highest strain ever kind of measured for marijuana. And so from 2011 to 2015 and four years, we've gone from a, a 16% to 42%. So when I was looking at all these jars with supposed THC levels on them, I was looking at numbers in the 20s and in the 30s. And I couldn't believe it. I didn't believe that there was any marijuana that was that potent. And then I started looking at the edibles, and the edibles were packaged like they were candy. They were packaged like regular chocolate bars from Nestle's and Kit Kat. And there was a box being sold, Pop-Tarts, P-O-T-T-A-R-T-S, instead of Pop, P-O-P as in Paul. They had P-O-T as in Tom, Pop-Tarts. And it was THC-infused edible products. And I started um, walking around the first dispensary, and I saw contraptions that I've never seen before and ways of ingesting marijuana that I've never even saw. And it was just so accepted. You know, you're not going in a head shop getting paraphernalia to use your illegal drug at home. You're going into a retail store that's commercialized and industrialized. They're right on Main Street in downtown Boulder. Uh, it was just its unheard of. I mean, the rents in Boulder are crazy. The, the upscale shops are crazy. The restaurants are upscale. It's a beautiful city, pristine sidewalks. And then you have three marijuana dispensaries at street level right in the middle of historic in, in a downtown Boulder. Those dispensaries have since been moved down, on, you know, below ground level. You know, you have to walk downstairs to go into them. They're, not, uh, they're no longer at eye level because people complained about it and were just disgusted by it. So at least Boulder's moved the, re the retail establishments down below street level. But now they've popped up all over Boulder. I think my last count was 32 dispensaries in Boulder, Colorado. Um, there's hundreds and hundreds. There's more dispensaries in Denver, Colorado, than there are McDonald's and Starbucks combined. So it's, it's just blown out of, you know, it's just blown up out of the water. It's just, it's crazy. Well, and it's certainly, um, when you compare dispensaries to um, the familiar brands of Starbucks and McDonald's and that these outnumber, um, certainly there have to have been other 
kinds um, of consequences within the town. Um, Starbucks and McDonald's are found everywhere. Dispensaries are not. So the social impact of this um, on the cities and towns of Colorado has to be profound. In in your travels, um, were were there uh, conversations about this? Are the citizens of Colorado um, still supportive of this? How did this happen, Michael? That that I guess maybe would be the first step for our listeners. How did this come about? So Colorado and Washington legalized marijuana for commercial sale the same year, but Colorado is really ground zero. Um, I believe it happened because the American public were lied to and completely bamboozled by people like George Soros, the Open Society, uh, Drug Policy Alliance, MPP, Normal, different organizations that have an agenda and many of them want to legalize all drugs across America. If they had their way, we'd be selling heroin in convenience stores. We would want to legalize all drugs. And I believe they sat down and figured out the playbook for the tobacco industry and basically used the same playbook, using junk science, convincing people that this is an alternative to incarceration, using the term the war on drugs has been an abysmal failure. Um, and in many ways, it has been an abysmal failure. I myself, I'm an ex-offender. I did 12 years in state prison in New Jersey for gang-related and drug-related crimes. And, and so I understand the problems with our criminal justice system. Um, but they, they sold the American public, and especially the Colorado voters, on this is the answer to incarceration. You know, criminalizing addiction and criminalizing the drug, uh, you know, addiction, um, the answer to that was legalization. And it's not the answer. There's a lot of area in between, you know, incarceration and legalization. Um, decriminalization, for instance. But we don't need to legalize drugs. That was one of the biggest arguments and one of the biggest myths that they sold people on, that people go to prison um, for for marijuana possession, and it's just not true. The other argument that they used was medical marijuana, and they paraded these beautiful kids on suffering patients up in front of the cameras, and they convinced people that smoking medical marijuana, which is such an oxymoron, smoking medical marijuana helps people. There's over 400 molecules in marijuana. We know of about 13 of them. We've studied in this world, not just in our country, in this world, we've studied about 13 molecules to marijuana. We don't know what 387 of them do, but one of the molecules that we understand is called CBD, cannabidiol, and that is where most of the medicinal properties in marijuana comes from. So they took that argument about medical marijuana and they convinced people that we need to legalize marijuana for medical purposes. That's how it began across the country. And it was just a slippery slope that we went down, and now we're looking at full-blown commercialization. Okay. And I think that, let's start there. We're going to break now for um, a brief few moments, and we'll pick up the conversation at that point. Thank you, Michael. Thank you.
You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family-centered recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. Every day, you hear so much about different aspects of the health and wellness field. One day, you hear one thing, and the next day, you hear something that contradicts what you heard the day before. How do you know what's right? Try tuning in to The Cutting Edge of Health and Wellness today with Dr. Neil Nathan. Our goal is to educate and explore this field with guest experts in order to help you take control of your health and well-being. Listen Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. What causes us to be sick? We're not talking about the actual illness or the scientific cause of illnesses. We're talking about your body and health. Listen for the healing whisper of Return to Peace. Each week, host Dr. Marianne Chase shows you how to listen to your heart to identify poor health, stress, and disease. You'll learn how to heal energetically and spiritually, as well as physically. It's time to depend less on the drugs and more on the heart. The Healing Whisper airs live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guests, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Well, thank you all for um, listening and coming back. Our guest today is Michael DeLeon. This is Eileen Fiore sitting in for Mary Woods. And we are talking about the um, the new, in quotes, marijuana um, and a documentary that Michael is both the director and producer of called Marijuana X. And, Michael, just before the break, we were talking about this very slippery slope that starts with medicinal marijuana. I'm wondering if you could expand that conversation a little more. Well, I mean, very. I'm sure people are very familiar with the slippery slope that we went down in 1995 when the FDA approved oxycodone for, you know, purposes outside of severe cancer, end-of-life uh, hospice, or acute pain, we use it for chronic pain. I mean, we went from strict use of uh, opiates uh, to widespread use of opiates for rotator cuff tears, wisdom tooth extractions. We went down a slippery slope, and we did it with an agenda-driven, profit-driven pharmaceutical company run by the Sackler family and Purdue Pharma, who was later found criminally negligible and lying to the American public. 
um, we went down a slippery slope with tobacco. Uh, they were lied to. American public were lied to about the dangers and the addictive nature of cigarettes. We've done the same thing. I mean, they tried to legalize marijuana in the 70s, and it was, turned, it was turned back. This is different. They literally decided to push for medical marijuana. I mean, who could be against the easing the suffering of, of pain patients? And who could be against children with Gervais syndrome and seizures? And who could be against um, helping our veterans, our heroes, deal with their PTSD? Um, and so they came out with medical marijuana. And there is medical properties within marijuana. It's called cannabidiol. It's been studied in Israel for years. And there is benefits to medical marijuana, but that's not what's taking place. The slippery slope we went down legalized medical marijuana in 26 states in America, and now we've got commercialization. And uh, the slippery slope of medical marijuana terminology is why we find ourselves where we are in Colorado, Washington, Oregon, and Alaska. And the media is not telling the truth. The Huffington Post, the Washington Post, CNN, Sanjay Gupta has lied on CNN about marijuana. I was on a TV show about opiates, and he, he sat there and lied um, that there was no connection between cannabinoid receptors and opiate receptors. There was no connection between marijuana and opiates. It's, he lied. He's very smart. He's intelligent. So I don't say he was mistaken because I don't believe he's, you know, I believe he's smart. It's too smart to make a mistake like that. But the media is lying to the American public. And um, you have to ask yourself, you know, why? What's, what's their agenda? Um, and there's it's profit. I mean, we just put a new show last week on MTV called Mary Plus Jane, um, and the executive producer, Snoop Dogg, and it's about kids, you know, getting involved in marijuana. There's another uh, show on called Higher Maintenance. We had the dispensary show from Breckenridge. I mean, the American public is being desensitized um, on purpose, so they're not against marijuana. I mean, with all due respect, President Obama stated marijuana is no more dangerous than alcohol. I mean, he stated it publicly. Not only is he factually wrong, he, it's a dangerous statement for the leader of the third, you know, the free world to, to, to tell kids. I mean, he told kids marijuana is no more dangerous than alcohol. Well, the, um, the comment you made earlier, Michael, about science has researched up through 16%. Um, concentration within marijuana of the properties of marijuana. So uh, you also mentioned that dispensaries have likely twice that amount of concentration in what is being sold today. Where is the science for us if most of the argument has been developed based on research for 16% concentration when we're now working with um, twice that or more? Well, the, the biggest problem was that Colorado made it a constitutional amendment to get this done. So now to get it reversed, you need to reverse a constitutional state constitutional amendment. The science is not there. So now to get it taken back, reversed, is, it's, it's going to take an, an act of state Congress. Um, 
the science is not there. The damage that's being done in our hospitals, the patients that are being seen, the patients that are being um, put into treatment, the science is not there. The long-term effects of, um, of concentrates of 97, 98% pure THC concentrates um, manufactured through a butane or a propane extraction process and flour 30 and 40%. There's no science to show you what the long-term effects from long-term usage is. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not there. And we're, 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 we've opened Pandora's box. I, I believe mm-hmm. that marijuana legalization is the Trojan horse that will implode our country if we continue down this road. And it's not inevitable. People need to understand that it's not inevitable. We can reverse this before it gets too late. But if we legalize nationwide, I really believe we're, we're, we're doomed. We're, I really believe we're doomed. Wow. So, um, which certainly opens up a, uh, a number of questions, really, about how do we shift the conversation so that people who are, you know, not not well-informed or um, have not seen a lot of the, necessarily the effects of the abuse of any substance, um, how do we engage them in a conversation that um, is able to present a concern without... Um, Losing the argument, I guess. Right. So um, I try not to use the term gateway drug. I call marijuana a door opener. Um, And when you open that door for the adolescent, then there's severe consequences depending on what they do when they walk through the door. Every heroin addict pretty much I've ever, ever interviewed for my films or, or stories, every person on hardcore drugs began with marijuana. Yes, alcohol was in the mix, but alcohol is legal. Yes, tobacco was in the mix, but alcohol and tobacco were legal. Illicit drugs, 95% of the time, your first illicit drug between the age of 12 and 17 is marijuana. It changes the development of the brain. And so now it's a door opener to other drugs and to use of other drugs. I I I don't fight people. Um, there's zealous legalizers that want all drugs legalized and they argue and debate with me and I do my best to stay away from them and I try to educate parents. The problem is when we say marijuana, and that's why I wanted to call my movie Marijuana X, I'm trying to give it a new name. It's not the marijuana it used to be. It's not the marijuana that your, you know, your grandparents smoked or you smoked as a kid. And the problem is parents say, well, Michael, you know, I smoked weed when I was a kid, and I turned out fine. And I try to educate them through my stories and experience that it's not the same thing. And I believe if I can change kids' uh, perception of marijuana and parents' perception of marijuana through our educational system um, and then try to get public, I think if I can get this movie in front of everyone and they can see what I've seen, I've spent a year going to every day, every week, every uh, chance I got where I was not booked somewhere, I went to Colorado. And I just, I just interviewed people all over the state. I went into uh, the homeless shelters. Um, 
the homeless population in Denver has skyrocketed because people have come to Denver because of expanded Medicaid and easier access to entitlement programs and um, b- better homeless um, services and legalization of marijuana. So now homeless camps all over Pueblo County, for instance, I visited over 60 of them, and they're sitting there getting their $731 check every single month uh, and their food stamps and medical care if they need it and other entitlements, and they sit and smoke marijuana in the woods uh, every day, all day. I just, if people would see what I saw, they would make a different, they would make a different uh, you know, interpretation of what's happening. And the best thing that happens, the best line that uh, people in Colorado have told me, well, I voted for it, but I didn't vote for that. You know, I, I thought it was going to be this, and it's turned out to be that. The people in Colorado are finding out that what they've gotten is not what they voted for. And that's what I want to tell the country. So, so we don't vote in, in the other uh, 45 states. We don't vote for this and, fi- and, and end up in the same social experiment Colorado is in. Exactly. So um, within your documentary, Michael, um, were you able to capture some of that um, buyer's remorse, for lack of a better term, um, of the voters of um, the state of Colorado uh, and within that message that you've created in your, your film? Yeah, so the buyer's remorse is evident. It's law enforcement. A lot of, you know, one of the other myths that was spread around was, you know, our, our law enforcement agencies are so strapped for time and resources, and we, and we don't want to waste their time fighting marijuana. It's such a petty thing. We want them to focus their attention on more serious issues and more serious drugs. But the problem with that argument was now law enforcement is spending more time much more time dealing with marijuana than they have less time to deal with um, with harder, more illicit drugs because the cartels are at an all-time high. Illegal marijuana grows are all over Colorado, and marijuana use has skyrocketed. So the cartels are knocked on. Youth use of marijuana is up. So buyer remorse is with law enforcement. It's with the medical community. It's with parents. It's with educators. I mean, the head of the Department of Education in Colorado says the number one issue that the Department of Education in Colorado is dealing with is marijuana usage among teens. So there's buyer remorse all around. And part of your... Um, purpose within this documentary is to kind of um, be able to spread that word in other states. So, um, what of your what are your venues to be able to present this film to the general public? So, I am desperate. Uh, when I started this journey, I, I, I became a drug counselor. I had a caseload of 26 kids, uh, and I lost four of them within 10 days of each other to heroin overdose. And I walked away from counseling. I was devastated. And I started a journey uh, to enlighten the country, parents, kids, about what was happening with opiates. It's very uh, evident right now in 2016, but this was 2007 and 2008. I was trying to educate the public about it. So 
I literally spent $160,000, my life savings I spent on all my documentaries so far. So now here I am with this amazing project, and I really don't have the, the means and funding to, to get it to the places that I want to get it to. So when we come back after a brief break, um, maybe let's see what your competition, maybe we can explore that a little bit further, um, and we'll be right back. Listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family-centered recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. Step-by-step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now your baby is in your arms and you're on the cusp of a new journey, breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice, much of it conflicting, some of it outdated. Tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuso to bust through the myths about feeding your baby. Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We are bombarded with information daily about happy life strategies, beauty products, and business success ideas. Are they truly going to make a change or just take the change out of your pocket? Tune in to Shelly's Show and Tell with host Shelly Hancock. Shelly will explore and recommend proven business ideas as well as show you how to use the law of attraction to create health, happiness, and a prosperous business. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health and Wellness. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guests, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Welcome back to our listeners. We're having a very lively conversation with Michael DeLeon, who is very passionate about the issue of marijuana and is the producer and director of a film called Marijuana X, which really is emphasizing that this is not the same plant that existed in the 1960s. 
Um, and Michael's been sharing his experiences in Colorado, which are captured in his documentary. Um, and just before the break, Michael, we were talking about some of these incredible obstacles that you are facing in getting your message out to folks to try to kind of turn the conversation um, and the legislation back toward a more uh, careful, cautious approach to um, marijuana. Maybe you could um, continue a little bit on what your barriers and obstacles and challenges have been. So, you know, when I finished the documentaries that I've done so far and I started on this one, I have a documentary about uh, being delivered from addiction through the higher power of faith. I have a documentary on family effects of addiction and human trafficking uh, documentary. I worked on all these projects for the last four years. So, unfortunately, you know, I maybe took on too much at once, but I just, there's so many facets, social consequences, and, uh, you know, um, problems that have developed from the opiate epidemic and addiction and now legalization which I love marijuana, which I think is the biggest threat. Um, I've gone through so much of my funding and all my whole life savings I've poured into this. So the legalization, commercialization of marijuana is funded by multi-multi-billionaires. This is not about Cheech and Chong anymore. This is about hedge funds and conglomerate corporations that are getting behind commercialization of marijuana to make billions and billions of dollars. And so I'm up against Goliath and people tell me, you know, it's a losing battle. And I just, I just don't believe in, I just don't believe in losing battles. I believe in, you know, battles for the right thing. I believe I'm doing the right thing. So I don't have a lot of support. I don't have a lot of people who understand the seriousness of this. Again, as I said earlier, a lot of times parents will come up to me after parent academies at night. I go to schools and try to educate parents at night and administrators tell me well, they can't even get parents to come out to the night, night presentations. They offer all sorts of enticements to get parents to come out and educate themselves but parents just don't show up. And I understand how difficult it is in today's you know, world to, to make ends meet but I, I just want to educate people. So I'm underfunded. I'm up against you know, this Goliath and um, I'm trying to get this movie out. It just We just finished it. We're actually in post-production today, tomorrow, Sunday. It'll be completely finished, and we're going to press DVDs next week. And I'm going to try to get it out to as many people as possible. Marijuana X uh, Movie, um, com is the name of the website, MarijuanaXMovie.com, uh, or SteeredStraight.org, S-T-E-E-R-E-D, Steered straight.org uh, is my website and people can see everything that I'm doing but I need some uh, help I guess and I don't ask for help that often um, I, I need to get this into the audiences where, where parents students, educators can understand what's really happening and so when the legalization movement wants to bring the vote to your state you know, you you can vote against it. It's not inevitable. Ohio struck it down last year. Florida struck it down last year. And Pueblo County, Colorado, is probably, I know this is a very important election, this presidential election, but 
what I think is more important than Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton running against each other is Pueblo County, Colorado. Pueblo County, Colorado has got an initiative on their ballot to opt out of, of uh, commercial marijuana. So here's a county with more dispensaries than any other county in Colorado, and they're trying to get it taken back, and they're trying to opt out of it. And I think that's the most important election in this country because if they're able to do that this November, vote uh, yes, opting out of marijuana, they will have changed the conversation of our entire country. And people will realize, well, they're the ones who legalized it, and now they're trying to reverse. Well, they must know more than we know, so let's not, let's not legalize in the first place. Let's take our time. Let's study marijuana. Let's study all the molecules of marijuana and the medical components. Let's um, get the DEA. The DEA right now is looking for people to and schools to study marijuana, and they haven't had one person opt in to study the effects of the medical effects of marijuana. It's because there's no money in it. The money's in the recreational legalization, commercialization, opening up dispensaries on the street, and competing for the highest levels of THC so America can get high. And uh, if we do that, if we do that, we're doomed. We really, really are doomed. So, so Michael, you, what you're, what you're um, sort of talking about um, are a number of things. There's the science and research, which um, you're indicating is, is definitely underfunded. Um, education of um, our youth and families, um, and also up against uh, marketing initiatives. Um, and earlier you made mention that the playbook for um, the legalization of marijuana um, had some similarities with the playbook that was used by um, Big Tobacco in developing um, our overall policies related to nicotine. Is there a place in all of the anti-smoking campaigns for this conversation um, where there has been a reduction in the use, particularly among young people, of nicotine. Um, is there a playbook available in that area? So there has been that reduction, as you said, and um, especially among young people, but still 25% pretty much of the country still smokes cigarettes and half a million, 493,000 to be exact Americans died last year from cigarette related illnesses. It's the mm -hmm. number one killer in our country. So, you know, the reductions have been great, but now we're, we're, we're satisfied and complacent with the reductions that we have. And I think it's crazy that 493,000 Americans die every year from cigarettes and we still promote it like it's nothing. Now, I understand how difficult nicotine is to quit, but tobacco and THC have many of the same problems. And when we start increasing THC levels into the 40s with flour and into the 90 percentile with concentrate, and especially marketing it to kids, we're not going we're gonna to have people who are unable to quit. Marijuana dependency is coming, and it's, it's here. 
and uh, people are starting to see it at treatment centers. And then think about this. Do you know how hard it is to get somebody into treatment for marijuana dependency? When you call the insurance company, and I've put over a 1,000 people in treatment in the last three years, and you call the insurance company to get people into treatment, they laugh at you. What do you mean, marijuana? He needs treatment for marijuana. Insurance people are saying that that's not a medical necessity. It is a medical necessity because he's not smoking marijuana anymore. So smart approaches to marijuana, SAM, S-A-M. Their website is learnofsam.org. They have incredible information uh, educating the public about studies. And then there's a lot of grassroots organizations around the country, in Pueblo, Colorado, and Massachusetts, um, who are trying to educate the public. So we need to educate the public about the dangers of what's happening, and we just need to let the public know this is not marijuana. You think it's marijuana, but it's not. Let me show you what it is, and let me show you who is benefiting from this, and let me show you the risk to your children, um, which is our greatest risk, which is also our greatest resource. Um, so I'm, I'm desperately... I'm desperately trying to get the word out. So um, if people could help me and go to steeredstraight.org and, and look at the trailers, the trailers are right on the website. Um, the trailers are right on steeredstraight.org and marijuanaxmovie.com. I uh, share it with people and I'm trying to, you know, sell the movies and get it out there. So parents and, and, uh, and, and kids and community members can, can can see what it it really is all about. So let's let's take a, a brief break here and um, come back to our conversation with Michael DeLeon. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family center recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Do you know about Reiki? This method of healing can complement Western medicine as well as other alternative practices. Besides healing, it can have the additional effect of making you feel more positive about yourself and the world around you. By tuning into For the Love of Reiki with host Paula Vale, you'll find how Reiki can improve your health, bring balance into your life, and fill you with joy. 
For the Love of Reiki is broadcast live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Helping you make informed decisions for your life. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guest, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Welcome back to our listeners. This is Eileen Fiore sitting in for Mary Woods. And today um, we are um, having a very energized conversation with Michael DeLeon, who is the producer and director of a new documentary called Marijuana X. Um, and uh, Michael, um, you have um, clearly passion for working with um, youth and particularly youth around this issue. Um, within that realm, um, what are the interventions? We've mentioned parents, we've mentioned educators, we've mentioned legislators. What do we have to do with our kids? Because these are the kids that are most vulnerable and growing up with these marketing techniques that it's like candy. Where do we go? You're exactly right. And the brain, the brain and uh, understanding changing technology is, is more important now than ever. I love doing freshman uh, classes. I did one this morning in Warren County, New Jersey um, at a school. I love this freshman class going to change the world more than any generation, more than any class before them. And I'm trying to let them know that, you know, they're the class of 2020. And so I'm trying to get to have 2020 vision and 2020 vision about the brain. The, these kids need to understand the importance of their life right now. We are literally going to lose 7 million jobs in the next four years, all to technology and robotics. And if these kids begin smoking marijuana, even the most staunch legalizers in the country, when they sit down with me one-on-one, none of them want to see kids smoking. Some of the, some of the real you know, idiots believe that kids should be able to smoke marijuana if it's for medical purposes, but then they acknowledge they can take it in a lozenge or in a liquid called Marinol and get the CBD and low-content THC ingestion that way. We don't smoke our medicine. We don't need to smoke our medicine, especially kids. So we have to let kids know the reality of it. But the problem is kids, you know, kids see what we do and they don't listen to what we say. And kids don't care how much we know until they know how much we care. If they watch us smoking marijuana, legalizing marijuana, kids, kids never tell me, well, uh, it's legal now for 21 years and over. They just say, it's legal now. You ask a kid about marijuana, so well, it's legal now. Well, it's not legal for 20 and younger, but they leave that part out. And parents don't believe that kids are going to increase their usage, and it's already happening. In Colorado, the State Department of Health lied 
to the American public, and they put out a report that was erroneous. And the headline in the Denver Post from the Kids Count Survey in the Hollywood, De- I mean the Colorado Department of Health Kids uh, report, they said youth use of marijuana in Colorado was flat, and it was a complete lie. Youth use of marijuana in Colorado is not flat, and their own report that they cited proved that, but they didn't. They didn't show all of the report. You know, I, I love talking to a smoker that's been smoking for 20, 25 years, and they just can't quit. They've tried the patch. They've tried the gum. They've tried uh, the, the pill, um, the, the, um, the drug that's having all sorts of side effects to try to get people off of uh, Chantix. Um, they, they just can't quit smoking. And when we sit right down and we go back to 1994, when the top seven uh, CEOs of the top biggest tobacco companies in the country testified before Congress, and the mic was moved down the table, and each one of those CEOs of the seven largest tobacco industries in America said nicotine was not addictive. One by one, they said cigarettes were not addictive. They testified before Congress, and they lied. They're lying. We are lying to our kids about marijuana, and the industry is lying to us. So we have to get kids to truth. We have to let them know about addiction, teach them about addiction, and we've got to tell the, the, the public the truth. We cannot legalize marijuana for commercialization in America, for if we do, it will be the Trojan horse that implodes our country. Yeah. So that... It certainly, Michael, leads me to um, the name of your web- website, Steered Straight. And certainly back in the 60s, there was the Scared Straight kind of movement. Um, so um, can you, can you um, apply some of this Steered Straight um, concept to this conversation? Um, because the statistics are pretty alarming. Um, when you really listen to them. So approaching the educational component, what's probably our first um, line of um, presentation? What's our first piece of logic so that we aren't trying to scare but rather steer? Right. I don't believe we can scare kids. They, I mean, some of them scare me with their with their ideas and their desensitization and their, their really you know, learned understanding um, that's erroneous about, about consequences of drugs. So I uh, can only kind of give kids information, but in a personal way, uh, manifesting real-life uh, stories of tragedy that has happened and bringing in young kids. I have the best school program, student program in the country. It's in-depth, it's a year long, it's daily and weekly and monthly, and it has a powering component and a community component. And I got administrators telling me, oh, we don't have a problem in our school, or we don't want to be known as the drug school, or we don't have any money to talk to kids about drugs, or that's what their parents are supposed to be doing. Listen, we're in the worst public social health crisis America has ever seen, and if we don't wake up and come together and collaborate and educate our kids, if we continue to allow drugs, to um, you know, just become more a more a part of the American you know psyche. Where are we going to find ourselves? 
technology is moving at light speed and this freshman and sophomores right now and the seventh and eighth graders in our middle schools, they're going to change the world more than any generation before them. And technology is changing. They're not going to be able to process the kind of jobs that uh, they're going to have if, if we introduce them to marijuana, you know, at a young age. We're doomed. We have to fight this. And with every ounce of my being, I'm doing everything I can. Yes. And um, what would be your best advice to um, those of us who might be in the profession, um, to parents, um, because you're certainly emphasizing the conversation and the importance of the conversation. So when we open this door, um, what would be our best segue um, in, in talking with you if you have a, an affinity for this? So what would be our best way to do that? Well, I believe parents need to get educated themselves. Parents need to stop believing that it's marijuana. Parents need to stop believing that it's the same thing it was back in the day, which boggles my mind because what is the same as it was 30 years ago? Nothing. I mean, I was in the attic the other day and cleaning out some stuff, and my first cell phone, my bag phone, remember the bag phones? You know, the bag phone with the lighter and the cord on it, and, and I picked it up, and my daughter looked at it like, what the heck is that? And I'm like, well, that was my first cell phone. And she's looking at me like, that's not even a cell phone, that's a purse. Um, things have evolved. The cell phone that you have today is nothing like the cell phone you had 30 years ago. Neither is anything. So um, marijuana is not the same thing as it was 30 years ago. That's the first thing parents need to do, get educated. You know, watch the trailers for Marijuana X movie. Buy a copy of it. It's, it's going to be very cheap. It's going to be 20 bucks. It's going to be over an hour long with, an, with probably an hour and a half of additional footage and information and, and excerpts. Um, watch it and have a conversation with your kid and say, it's not marijuana. It's been genetically modified. It's very dangerous. We don't have science on the long-term effects of it. And the reason right. kids would smoke marijuana would be to escape or to deal with some problem that they need to they need to talk about. So parents need to encourage their kids to talk. And that I think is probably our best message, Michael. Thank you very much for such an energizing hour. Um, I appreciate um, your honesty and your candor, and um, that you took the time to um, put together such an important film. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. We appreciate you joining us today for one hour at a time. Successful recovery from a substance abuse problem or mental illness depends on education and support of loved ones. Thank you for being that support system. Be sure to tune in next week for another hour of education and compassion. One hour at a time. We'll see you next week.